Hello and welcome to the Accounting for the Real World podcast. I'm Rachel Eden and I'm your host. One of the difficulties we all have running a business is balancing, keeping the business going, serving our clients, serving our suppliers, but also earning enough money to keep paying bills. And it can also be quite difficult to start thinking about the future and planning ahead. And that's why I'm interviewing Mark. He's actually my own financial advisor and helps me make sure that I put enough money away in my pension. But as you'll hear from what he talks about, there's loads of other tips that are really important to think about, whether you're running a business or uh, you're working for a charity or indeed you're in employment. So I hope you enjoy it and let me know if you've got any thoughts. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Accounting for the Real World. Thanks so much for being with us. I wondered if firstly you could share who you are and what you do. Hi, Rachel. Uh, Thanks for having me along. Uh, So I'm Mark Woodruff uh, and I run a local financial advice and wealth management business in in, in Reading, but up and down the M4 corridor, really. Yeah, and I know I've found having you work with me as my financial advisor actually really helpful. So full disclosure, you're my you're my FA. Um, but uh, I just wondered, um, what led you to set up in business rather than say work, continue to work for a bigger practice or be an employee somewhere else? Well, uh, so as you know, um, my background is as a qualified actuary, and I did that for tra- a trainee and qualified for f- about fifteen years until twenty eighteen. Um, there's a couple of reasons why I kind of grew out of that, if, if you like, and, and moved out of a corporate setting is, well, A, you kind of, I wanted to, I've always wanted to have my own business and, and B was to kind of really start helping real people. And if that's a bit of a funny phrase, but what I mean by that is it's sometimes hard to know who your end customer is when you're working in a corporate setting. And, and actually there's, you know, so I've developed an interest in helping people plan their finances and, yeah, it was a big step to take, but I've never looked back and uh, really have much more enjoyment doing my what I'm doing at the moment. In terms of why I did it myself, well, actually, if you're going to do something like that, I just wanted to do it the hard way and have my own business and have something that I could be really proud of. Yeah, I could totally empathise with that. Um, and I guess this is something which perhaps wasn't an issue for you, but is an issue for like most of us when we start our own business, whether it's as a self-employed person or just becoming a business owner, which is... Um, trying to get your own finances in order um, can sort of feel sometimes takes a bit of a back seat to start with or uh, can take a little bit of sort of oh suddenly all of that's on you so um, I just wanted what's your recommendation for what people do first when it comes to their own personal finances yes well so we have this um, we have this system a way of kind of prioritizing really called lines of defense and I guess if I, if I think about sitting down with anyone, I can use it in any scenario, whether it be someone very young or someone very old. Some people have already got through a number of the priorities already. Some people have got through none of them. Really, um, I guess to have a stable source of income is, is really important. So to have the health to be able to go out and work, to be physically able, mentally able, um, and go out and either grow it run, run a business or run a career in either the two because that brings money into the family to, to achieve all the things you want to i think then funny enough the initial thing is is to focus on um, if there are any debts or short-term debts you know to have them in a really manageable state they don't necessarily need to be cleared but they should certainly be 
looked after and and managed you know under you know not on obscenely high interest rates you know you know been planned to, to be gotten rid of i'd always say to have if you can just carry a mortgage then that's probably the ideal place to be because that means that you're effectively you know not starting from a negative position we're starting from you know building from building from zero um i think thinking about taking that one step further then actually if you're going to be that to almost create your kind of emergency fund so your rainy day fund you know what so if anything does happen um then you've got some money to fall back on you know there's a range of opinion you know it can be three six twelve months worth of outgoings but some monthly you know some amount of money that can cover off a level of you know um, seeing you through rainy day periods it's kind of like part of the reason why the furlough scheme came in because obviously it's not easy for business owners or to be able to plan to keep 12 to 18 months worth of pandemic money to one side so it's actually you know the reason why we've had all the government interventions because they recognize that actually it's a bit of an unfair scenario so yeah yeah that makes total sense rather than just sort of immediately <clears throat> jumping into putting loads of money in your pension actually thinking what happens if um you know if, if something does occur whether it's illness or as you say uh, for lots of us we had a moment of a sort of uh, a crunch point uh, last uh, the first half of last year in uh, 2020 and um, having having that cash available that's a really good yeah, yeah. Sort of starting point and I think quite nice and quite realistic as well for people because I think sometimes I've found people expect the financial advisor to immediately jump in and say right put all your money in a pension <laughs> and actually you've got to take that wide, wide, wider well, view yeah, and that's kind of what we do. So it's actually funny, you know, the inquiries tend to be, you know, that we get tend to be about pensions, you know, and it, the word is used synonymously with retirement planning, but, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of similar, but they're not exactly the same um, because retirement is about, you know, you can fund retirement from many different sources of money, not just a pension, but often we have to, as you say, kind of go back to basics and say, well, you know, have you got these things in place? I mean, our very first line of defense is to have, you know, effectively a stable, that stable income. Then it's to think about the debts. Then it's to set aside cash, um, and then the, the the next thing is actually to think if you're a younger family, you know, with a lot of working years ahead of you, and more things like mortgages and stuff. Then it's really to have like insurance around you. So you'd have it with a house and car and and probably pets and, and travel. But you know, life insurance and ill health insurance is really important because if you think about it. If anything bad was to happen to one of you know one of the, the breadwinner in a the family then you know how is that family going to cope you know without them either being around because someone tragically you know they've passed away um or actually they're they're long they're sick you know critical illnesses or long-term sick injured unable to do their job so actually it's really important to think about the time between you know now and when you know the retirement age which you know could be 30 years out because that's the point at which you really don't need insurance anymore because you're at peak assets you got the most assets in life, but just right about the time you retire, because actually you start to live on those assets to stop working. So before that, how will the how will the family survive if anything was to happen? And securing that. Beyond that, we then look to you know actually we've got the we've got our the basics in order, and then you think about investing in pensions and ISAs, and all this can kind of be done in parallel. It doesn't have to be sequenced. It can be done at this you know at the same time, but it's making sure we cover off you know those. Or, you know, I think there's kind of five, four lines of defense, cash, insurance, and then medium and long-term investments. Yeah. There's no reason why everyone shouldn't really have that in place, you know, to one degree or another. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, there's other things beyond that. They're the kind of building, they're the staples. Beyond that, 
um, there's further things that can be considered, but that very much depends on, on the scenario. It could be someone receives an unexpected windfall, inheritance, or there's some unexpected, you know, boost in the business or career and, you know, but basically, you know, cash insurance, what I'd say medium and long-term investment. So medium-term being things like ISAs, you know, invested ISAs, long-term being things like pensions, um, you know, there's no reason why everyone shouldn't at least have considered all of those four things. And you say everyone, do you think there's a optimal time in your life when you should say right now is that time to sort this out or <clears throat> do you think it should be done as early as possible or do you think it changes over time what what's the timing on this well, do you think well actually so there's a couple of things so there's we you know there's um there's the impact of well-being and we're all quite aware of well-being especially mental well-being mental health um so i see that there's three different types of well-being there's mental physical and financial and actually all any three of any one of those three if not kept you know under control or kept in kind of in check and kind of have real bad impacts on you whether it be physically, emotionally, at home, in the workplace. And so in terms of, you know, we, I do a lot of financial well-being training for the, the Dean Field, for example, the, you know, year nine. And also I've been helping, NH, funny enough, I've been at, helping NHS um, psychiatrists. So, so helping them with their financial wealth, which is interesting. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I guess it might not be... A, an unexpected answer but I think there's no if you've not done it for a while then certainly to look at it if you, you know um if there's a life event you know normally moving house or you know having a baby you know there's been a I'd say the, the, the positive thing about COVID is that people have been a lot more engaged with their finances recently mm. you know especially around have I got enough insurance because we're that much more aware of sickness and, more, and mortality I guess um than we were probably 18 months ago so yeah no no time like the present, um, really. Um, but certainly there are things like trigger events, you know, normally life life events that kind of mean people might seek the you know, be more aware of seeking the advice. And normally it starts off with, you know, I've got these pensions, you know, and I don't know what to do with them. If you, you know, if you've been working 15, 20 years, you might have three, three, four, five pensions dotted around and they just start bugging you for a while. <clears throat> Yeah. it's interesting you linked it back to well-being actually and mental health because I think you're right the number of people I can think of I've known either in personal life or clients or just people I know through business who like they they have so many things going for them but actually their personal finances can end up causing them stress and it's almost like I always say if you once you have some clarity and know what you're doing it can reduce your stress levels, whatever the answer is, you know, however little or much yeah. you end up having, at least if you know, you're going to be less stressed. And I guess that leads to a question where occasionally I've had people say to me, when I talk to them about seeing a financial advisor, maybe they're quite early in their business, you know, they're just setting up, or my income's a bit too small, I, I don't think I've got enough to make it worth seeing a financial advisor. And do you think there is a minimum level of income where it becomes too small or you know almost not worthwhile speaking to a financial advisor or do you think literally anyone could no i mean i think that there's a there's a well-known advice gap in the uk where actually people are underserved in, in in terms of financial advice and it's because they have inhibitions about what it means to work with a wealth manager now you know um i don't I'm not a huge fan of the term, if I'm being honest. That's why I call myself a financial advisor, because that's actually what I'm regulated to provide is financial advice. 
you know, if I ever get challenged on that, I always say we're not wealthy wealthy management, we're just wealth management. So actually it's not, they're not one and the same thing. Don't be put off. Um, we would sit down and, you know, help. Some people don't need a lot, you know, actually if, you know, if we're talking about very simple scenarios and actually there's a few interventions that we can provide and it doesn't necessarily mean that they become clients of ours, but we'll always be happy to sit down. And as a, you know, as a good example, um, currently helping a 17 year old boy and he's, he's, he's just, he, his uh, employer, I, I'm, I kind of look after the, the pensions and he said, have a, have a chat with Mark. I mean, really not talking about investing great, great deals, but actually it's habit forming for him because I know that, you know, hopefully um, if anything does crop in the future, if you get, if you get like a, you know, a friend mentioned things like know, cryptos or GameStop, but then he might, he might just mention it to me and I can just, you know, hopefully intervene and say, well, actually, you know, I wouldn't really be so sure about that because it's very, it's, you know, it's very risky to do that kind of thing. And actually, there's tried and tested less risky ways of generating wealth for yourself, you know, and, and it's, it's, yeah, so really we try to help everyone who comes, comes our way. That's no problem at all. Um, I think the people often get worried about how the cost and everything, but normally, you know, like most, like you probably as well, you know, you'd have an initial hour, no obligation chat with anyone and just kind of, you know, if that's the end of it, then that's fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think if you know if you can work with a 17-year-old working part-time, then there's probably almost no one who can't benefit from that kind of conversation. I think sometimes I found actually, because sometimes clients ask me about these sort of things, that um it's almost a sense of embarrassment that they I have this with people's business finances even. So I imagine there's even more with personal that people don't want to admit. That their bookkeeping's not up to date so they yeah. might not want to admit actually I might seem like this really together business person and I'm really successful in my professional life but I've not got a pension sorted or I don't really know what I'm doing about insurance <laughs> so I've got this debt hanging over me um so it's, it's getting over that embarrassment isn't it I don't know if, if you find it that is. people have that yeah absolutely and, and sometimes I feel like I should actually and do two years training as like a behavioral econ economist or you know <laughs> psychological training because a lot of the time it, i feel like i'm providing therapy to people you know and you can you can be sat in the middle of awkward conversations between a couple who don't have never they never speak to each other normally unless i'm in the room about finances that is um or they've never opened up to anyone you know and actually it's, it's quite private for them other people will just you know here you go here's my life history you know sort it out for me um basically yeah i mean you, you can find that people you know um there are inhibitions people feel a bit uh, normally as it goes if it goes on a period of time you know actually so into late 30s and 40s and then they start to feel well I've got nothing to show for it you know I've kind of been spending a lot of money and then feel like it's too late but I would say it's never too late you know I've, there's a good example of a um without being trying to be fairly anonymous but there's a, a client client probably early 60s who were we've got a I've got a plan to try and get finished up with work by 17 now it's really hard for that person because they've not always been in the UK and so they haven't got a lot of state pension entitlement mm. so we're trying to we put the we put together a plan which hopefully makes a difference you know it means working a little longer than expected and sometimes you know they're the difficult conversations um the later it goes the, it is much much harder to kind of you know plan for a comfortable retirement I guess if you've not got you know and the state pension is is great um, it provides about just over £9,000 per annum, but it's not like a kind of comfortable standard of living on the state pension, really. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the, the more you kind of, I always think the more you, it's like it's like your physical health or, or indeed your mental health. If you 
you know, if you if you say, okay, I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to talk to a professional about this, get it sorted. It may be an awkward and embarrassing experience, but actually they've probably seen worse. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's much better for you in the long term because I'd rather, I know personally, I'd much rather be slightly embarrassed than not have a good pension, you know. It's, uh, well, it's, the funny thing as well is that for every person who, you know, probably genuine, you know, kind of feels that, you know, they don't want to have a chat or don't want any help because they're, they're worried about their finances, that can go one of two ways. It can genuinely be that they, their finances are not in a good state, but you know, more often than not, actually you're telling people, don't worry, you've actually look at this, you've got a teacher's pension, you know, which you've had for 30 years. It means that you've got a great retirement. In fact, in fact, retirement might be the most affluent part of your life because actually, <laughs> you know, the pension is so good. So, you know, we, you know, there is good and bad with that scenario. And it's obviously always nice to give good news, but we're also, you know, tra trained to help with bad scenarios as well. So yeah. <laughs> And actually, a lot of it's about building trust, isn't it? I mean, I find this that actually, funnily enough, quite a lot of the time I have clients try and talk to me about their personal finances um, um, and uh, because they've got to know me and trust me on something else. And obviously, um, I'm not regulated and nor would I want to provide that kind of advice. And so I often, as you know, tend to recommend they speak to a financial advisor and often you um, yeah. um but then i mean I suppose there is a crossover isn't there to be fair to people between accountancy and financial planning it's not completely crazy um um well yeah you, i guess yeah sorry i was gonna say do you think that do you, what's your experience of um of that do you think there are some similarities or differences yeah definitely i mean there's definitely um synergies i think the funny thing is that um I often find, or being, I often think, well, being a mortgage advisor must be really easy because people are actively seeking out your, they want a house, you know, they, they, and that's, a, you know, they actually want a house. So um, I think people also possibly actively seek out an accountant because they know they need to, they'll get fined, they'll get wrapped around the knuckles by the HMRC if they don't, or a bookkeeper for that matter. I think we kind of sit in this kind of space where we're kind of, we're not, if you like, compulsory kind of thing, you know, we're kind of, we're there as a, you know, and people, you know, kind of, often have to be a bit more encouraged to come and speak to financial advisors. Yeah, clearly with, with accountants and bookkeepers, well, they know what's going on in, in the finances, normally in the in the business finances, perhaps not so much in the personal side, but they can still see, you know, whether it's worth, you know, um, having a chat. And, you know, I, I fail to think of a scenario where it wouldn't be, I guess, you know, because if in the very least there can be some pointers, you know, some guidance rather than, advice to kind of get people on the right path even if they they don't want or have a need to have long-term financial advice they might just need a small interjection but yeah so there's, there's definitely synergies and, and and the other way really as well so you know we might pick up that actually the business isn't being run properly they're kind of wing you know and actually therefore they, they benefit from some proper because proper tax planning because you know because i don't we don't the, the tax planning bit is a bit it's definitely where there's a Venn diagram. So I think there are some things I wouldn't know about, you know, for example, allowable business expenses, running a limited company properly. You know, that really is the realm of the accountant um, and bookkeeping team. Um, whereas for things like pension planning out of limited companies, that's kind of where I, you know, that's a tax planning area that I help with as well. So you kind of, there is definitely crossover. You know. Yeah, and it's about having that team, isn't it? And as a, as a small business person, you know you might have it might seem odd to have two people looking after your money helping you but if you've got just a little tiny bit of help it actually you know always best to get someone specialist isn't it and and then you're not 
costing yourself money and you're not going to get into trouble either I always say the first thing I'll do is try and make sure you're not going to get into trouble the second thing I'll do is uh, is helping you with that clarity and then only from there will we take start doing things which take control and make decisions around your business you know uh, but having having a couple of professionals involved to just help you the extent that you need is definitely as is, is well I mean I've I think it's uh, you and I are both on the same page with that, aren't you? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know. It's um, it's about delegation, really. You know, people have got busy lives, and you know, I think if you know, we try and provide a genuinely helpful service, which is not trying to be corny, but it's actually trying to just you know add some value. If we're going to have a chat with someone, you know, we're not looking to really the product solutions are, are like the bike might pop out at the end it's much more about this you know the, that specific person and their scenario and what works best for them um yeah and some of the things that we end up doing are not rocket science i'm being honest i think it's more about you know um habit forming education you know probably both educators to that end really trying to help people you know understand because obviously there's not a lot of financial education in in schools and so people don't come out prepared for all of this stuff really yeah yeah and as you say it's also that thing of people move from having maybe had some pensions that have been sort of set for them by their employer and taking the responsibility for themselves is a bit of a step and you know and frankly why should you be good at everything you know there's things that I'm not good at as you know I don't manage my own diary that's not my my area of expertise it's not something I'm interested in spending my time doing so I have someone who knows how to do that really well and who has a long experience as a PA doing that why why try and do something that someone else can do for you better if it yeah. frees up your time so well, yeah the, funny, the, one, the one area that I do come across um where you get effectively amateurs trying to do it is effectively stock picking you know and the, you know, going out and buying individual company shares because they've, you know, had a tip off or, you know, or kind of spotted something. I think it's the one thing I'd say just to not bother with. It's kind of and that unless you're a professional and you're going to be tracking that week on week, day on day, looking at the underlying and really or, or, or at least don't do it to any with any great amount of, you know, your wealth. You know, really fun money is kind of what you what I'd say, to, you know, a little yeah. bit if, if you want to satisfy your interests and um but yeah, you, it does alarm me sometimes that you find people doing this kind of stuff themselves. Yeah, yeah, like treat it as a hobby. Don't put your house on it. Oh yeah, don't be yeah. like managing your pension, you know, oh, that way. Yeah. But there we go. No, I say it's something that's never appealed to me, but I can see that, you know, some people might enjoy it. And as you say, putting buying a stock of uh, you know ten, fifty quid, whatever, is your level of fun money. Fine, but um, yeah, I, I have to say I even when you send me right I've looked at your funds and you should move from this fund to this fund or whatever I, I tend to slightly glaze over and I'm an accountant <laughs> you know and I'm like right yeah Mark's looked at this in detail it's probably going to be all right yeah so, well yeah. Hope, hopefully yeah I mean yeah, um, yeah that's kind of you know we don't stop I don't stop the key but we're, what we're trying to help is allocate you know money to different types of fund investment funds but actually underneath all of those there's investment professionals who are trained to identify uh, stocks to buy and sell really so it's it is a, it is a whole kind of career in its in its own right really absolutely yeah well mark i imagine people listening to this may well want to connect with you whether it's to just have like that you know just keep in touch and see what you get up to or to arrange a a one-to-one -one chat so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you 
Um, well, so I guess LinkedIn, so, you know, I'm kind of on LinkedIn quite frequently. Um, we've got a new website we can have a look at. Um, I don't know if you're going to put that link. Yeah, I'll put the link in the notes. Yeah. And, but the other way is just to ask you, I guess, because, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm always doing that, aren't I? Oh, Mark, can I introduce you to so and so? So yeah, no. If anyone wants yeah. to to get in touch with you, I'm more than happy to to do that little introduction. But yeah, uh, yeah that's great. Well, thank you and so much. I was going to say the other thing just to mention is that I am like I'm always happy to do financial wellness training. So actually, you know, if we I'm a, I'm I'm trained to to give the give the content out. We've got four different types of sessions for people all the way from the twenties all the way through to their late you know, pre retirement. So yeah, always happy to do that too. Yeah. And I think that's so important, as you say, because people's well-being, you know, we, we we may not think of it always, but actually when people think about their own experience, often this, your sense of well-being is linked to your financial security and feeling on top of that side of things. Whether you're someone who's motivated by money or someone who's not at all motivated by money, actually financial security and financial well-being is so important. So I think yeah those those training sessions are so so useful thank you so much brother mark it's been really helpful and i hope that um yeah that that that's uh, has been useful for people listening in that you can sort of see why having an ifa having a financial advisor you know just help you out and, and make sure you're on the right track can actually be really good not just for your future self but also for yourself in the here and now feeling comfort comfort and well-being about your finances yeah absolutely yeah lovely thanks Mark. all right thanks rachel that's great take care Cheers. bye-bye thanks for listening to accounting for the real world don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts